Welcome to Real Life Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and today we have part three with Kitty Robinson of Robinson Counseling. Hey, Kitty, thanks for being with us again today. Thank We're you. so glad that you're here, and we've had such a great time recording our first couple of episodes of adulting. I've enjoyed it. You know, we've really enjoyed having you here. And as we move into our last couple of topics today about what it means to become an adult and, and some of the challenges of that in today's world, we're, we're going to talk about a topic today that is a little bit more on the, well, it's all been important, our conversation so far, but this one's going to get a little deeper and maybe even feel a little heavier to a listener out there today. And it might mm-hmm. even stir up some things with them. So I want us to go into this topic well, with an, an intentional soberness, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. that just says this is an important topic we're going to talk about today, and it hits all of us at different places, and it might even hit our listeners in a certain place today. Uh, but we're going to talk about losses and the things that happen along the way to becoming an adult. Uh-huh. So when we think about that, um, what are what are some ways? Can I get us into this topic a little bit, if you don't mind? What's the challenges of our past and how our past relates into us becoming the adults that we're trying to become today? I think that some of the challenges, and this is not for everybody in the world, but for some people, I think that some of the challenges start early on in childhood. There's a certain percentage of people that have dealt with maybe some trauma and abuse, maybe not even trauma and abuse, but maybe they've dealt with things at school, um, challenges at school. There, there may have been, you know, someone that was bullied Um, There may have been somebody that had a hard life at home. Um, And it doesn't even have to be trauma and abuse. Um, And I'll give an example of that. Um, So say that you have a child that spills milk and say they're three. Okay. And the parent gets on to them for spilling milk. So that kid will probably grow up to be anxious or angry because nine times out of 10, the parent was probably mad about a lot of stuff if they're mad because a three-year-old spilled milk. So it could have just been somebody just in an environment that wasn't good or a stressed environment. And so sometimes those parts of a person will show up in adulthood, which makes it hard to uh, do adulting if you if you haven't recognized that. So uh, you're using the metaphor of the spilled spilled milk, but mm-hmm. but in a real way, in that you know three year olds, that's what they do. Right? They, 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 yeah, they spill they, everything. They, they spill and throw stuff. <laughs> they fall all the time. <laughs> they fall down, and yeah. you and I've raised a few three year olds, so uh-huh. we know what we're talking about there. It happens. Yeah, that's just a normal part of life. It's not them being right. bad. Right. But if a parent has a pattern of responding to them as if that's somehow bad, bad, then they're going to think being, they're bad in yeah. everything they do, especially if it's spilling milk. Yeah. Right. And so then that person will grow up, you know, with issues, maybe not, but most of the time they'll grow up with those issues. And so that's when, you know, anger shows up and uh, depression and low self-esteem and lack of confidence because they think that they can't do it, whatever that is. So that's, I think, where the issues show up in life yeah. when you're an adult. And so part of the becoming an adult and adulting today is figuring out what I'm going to do with those things that happened in my past along the way. So how do you see people, um, those things getting in the way of being an adult today? How, how does that tend to express itself in their relationships or workplace or if if there's losses or events or kind of some leftover stuff from growing up that I haven't dealt with? I think it shows up, number one, with criticism. Mm. So not only criticizing yourself, but other people. 
whether it's somebody at work that you're complaining about and criticizing about or a relationship or a child, your child or a friend, it's always going to show up through self-criticism because that's what happened to that person. So they're going to grow up to criticize others as well as themselves. Yeah. So I think that's how it carries over. So one way that, that this kind of gets in the way is if I've got a critical spirit where I'm, I'm just always looking for the faults of others or ways that I'm being mistreated. Or not looking, but it's just a way of life mm. for that person. So they're not trying they're not, to, they they're don't not even trying to find it. it. Right. They don't even recognize it, that that's the behavior. That kind of goes back to when we talked earlier mm-hmm. about getting to know yourself on a deeper level. Yeah. Like, why am I criticizing this person? Oh, that's that, that hurt part of me. that is showing up and those things are challenging number one because we don't have a time machine we can't step back in and go okay let me go back and and uh talk to my mom when she's yelling at me when i spilled the milk or uh, it also means i can't go back and i think another example another show you gave uh, was about if i'm being bullied or when i was uh, mistreated as a child i can't go back and literally you know, punch the bully in the the nose, so to speak. If I had a significant relationship that I lost as a child, whether that was a parent or a grandparent or a sibling or some other person that I felt like was taken from me prematurely or that was, I can't go back. I can't resurrect that person. I can't make them be there. And so what I hear you saying is part of adulting is trying to figure out who am I going to be? Yeah. Accepting your genetic makeup, who you are, Right. Where you came from. Yes. And acknowledging that first, like I accept my genetic makeup, meaning I accept my parents. I I accept who they are, because I think that once you accept who they are, then you're able to accept yourself. Yeah. And and accepting my parents comes along with whatever whatever flaws and parenting mistakes they made along the way. Yeah. And forgiving them for it. Yeah. And then doing the work. Right. The inner work. That's when you reach in for the internal stuff. Right. Again, let me let me ask a little personally here, you know, as you and I are adults and we've had to do this work ourselves uh-huh. and coming to grips with the fact that uh, my parents are who they are. They have some wonderful things about them, but they weren't perfect. Right. What was that like for you kind of coming to grips with, you know, I had things that happened to me or that I wasn't protected from or wasn't given that I thought I should have been given or I had my own losses and things growing up. What was that like for you as an adult kind of just working through and accepting those things? I think for me, it was the opposite. So it wasn't so much of growing up and maybe not having parents that didn't care. I think that my parents sheltered me too much and didn't allow me to really know what it looked like to be an adult, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they took care of things all the time for me. And so then when I did grow up, it was hard to like know what to do as an adult. So I had to learn that on my own. Yeah. Because they kind of sheltered me from everything. And in one so sense, that was a challenge for me. And no no parent hits that perfect balance. No. And we tend, and I can recognize this in my own parenting, <laughs> yeah. I tend to fall on one side of that line. I either overprotect <laughs> or right. I overindulge. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, or I give over, I give too much freedom or not enough yeah. freedom. And I think every parent falls somewhere on either side of that line because that's right. such a difficult line to to hold. But for you, being on that side of the line, it was more of the loss of the ability to discover who Abs- you are. Oh my gosh, and- absolutely. And to just explore the world. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Um, I remember being, I guess, 17 or 18. And at that point, people were driving, mm-hmm. okay? And we lived in Jonesboro, so Memphis is not far away. Mm-hmm. And I remember wanting to go, and my parents said, no, you can't. Something bad may happen. 
And I'm like, what could happen? And you could get killed. You can't go. So I couldn't go because of the fear that I could get killed. Well, I could get killed in Jonesboro or anywhere else. So I was kind of held back a lot because of their own fears. So it was their fear, but they gave it to me. Because then as I grew as an adult, I was always afraid. When I first went to Memphis and drove for the first time by myself, I was terrified and almost had a panic attack. As (laughs) an adult. As an adult, but that was my parents. It was their fear. It wasn't my fear. So then I had to take part in growing in that area, and I had to talk to myself all the time. Once again, the renewing of the mind and Mm. say, you know what? This is my parents. This is not me. I'm going to be okay. I'll be safe. It's just another city. And that's how I had to look at things. Yeah. From that perspective and not from my parents perspective. So part of that adulting for you was recognizing that I've got to decide for myself what's safe and what's not safe. Yes. I've got to and I've, take risk. <laughs> I've got to take decide what risks I'm, right. I'm going to take. And for us, when we're, you know, even as parents, that's a difficult, again, a very difficult thing to to figure out it what is, yeah. risk should I expose my child to? What risk am right. I not willing to expose my child to? And again, we tend to end up on various sides of a line. Right, absolutely. Of a line there. But that's, I appreciate you sharing that personal story in that we all, our clients, ourselves, anybody else that we talk to uh, as an adult are having to, to not uh, stay where <laughs> we were. Yeah, but you may go back. I've done it myself um, mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. as a parent because I have a 20-year-old. And when it rains, and it's been raining really bad, I will always call and say, are you driving? And I probably shouldn't be calling her if I think she's driving. Um, are you driving? Be really safe. Drive slow. And I'm giving her all these rules. And she's that like. That you've never given her before. I'm sure you've never told her any of these things. <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> Even when the sun is shining. <laughs> but she's like, I'm about to be 21. I'm going to drive slow. I've got this. And so I recognize then, you know what? This is my parents. Mm-hmm. They're showing up again. And I've got to stop yeah. and trust that she's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a hard process. That's but but as we're accepting who we are, accepting that you know I, I come into my adult, my own adulthood, with some stuff. Yes. From my past, some of right. which is are losses, some of which are patterns, some of mm-hmm. which are just habits. Right. Uh, some of it may be wounds, maybe Absolutely. some real things that people did to me that yeah. I didn't choose or deserve. It's just what happened. Right. Yeah. So let's come back after the break and maybe talk a little bit more about what that particular healing journey is like when I have a loss or an injury that has followed me into adulthood, but I don't want it to live with me there. Yeah. Let's talk about that after the break. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield and I'm with Kitty Robinson today. And this is Real Life, Real Care. Well, welcome to the break here as we're in this four part series with Kitty Robinson of Robinson Counseling. And at the end of today, I'm going to come back and share with you how you can get in touch with Kitty. But I want to talk to you for just a second during this break about some of the challenges that we've been discussing in this series. You know, it's not uncommon for many of us to be stuck in not getting accomplished or doing those things that as adults, we know that we're called to do, whether that's in our parenting or in our workplace. Maybe that's even in our church relationships as we have made commitments to a church family or to a ministry and something just keeps getting in the way and we're not able for whatever reason to get on with those things that God's called us to do as as a mature person, as an adult. Well, in these situations, sometimes it can be a part of your journey into fulfilling those callings in your life by talking with someone who's trained to listen, listen specifically to take you as an individual and spend the time necessary 
to work into your own adulting life. Well, that's a part of what we train clinicians at the care clinic at JBU to do, which is to listen closely, to understand deeply, and to respond compassionately and caringly in speaking into someone's life in a way that helps them get back to the business of what God's called them to do as an adult. You can reach our counselors at the care clinic by calling 501-219-9245. And these are counselors that are in their final stages of preparation of their master's degree and will soon be licensed to go out into the world and provide this as a, as a vocation like Kitty is doing now. But we'd like to help you. You can reach us at jbu.edu slash care clinic, or you can call us at 501-219-9245. And now back to Kitty. Welcome back to Real Life, Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and we're still here with Kitty Robinson of Robinson Counseling. <laughs> Hello. And Kitty, we've been talking about uh, some of the losses of life that come along the way, particularly as we're growing up. And this whole series about adulting is about moving from being a, a child and taking responsibility for myself and becoming mm-hmm. a standalone adult, so to speak, yes. um, and being confident in that. And so this episode's been a little bit heavy in that we've talked about a lot of things that sometimes can stay with us from childhood. And uh, what are some things, let's just talk general here for a minute. We've talked about maybe parenting styles, maybe fears that have stayed with us. In your work and training and experience, what are some of the things that are the most difficult to move past when I'm an adult that might have happened before I was an adult? I think for a lot of people, it's if they've dealt with some kind of trauma or abuse. I think that that's the hardest thing for people to move past because they don't know how. And then they're afraid to go back there and relive whatever that experience was. So when, when you use the word trauma, I mean, abuse, we kind of get, we can, most of us are unfortunately familiar with that word when someone injures me in some yes. way, physically, emotionally, sexually, mentally, whatever, that mm-hmm. it's an, an injury to me. Trauma, though, is a little bit broader. It can involve a loss, an experience, and it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that someone perpetrated something on me, though that could be a part yeah. of it. But it, it's just more of those things that happen in life that I have a control over. Yeah, and the trauma could be, and I'll give an example, say a child was in a car accident with a parent and the parent died. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a traumatic event. That's Absolutely. A, that's a trauma experience that may be hard for the person to get past. Absolutely. Yeah. And and there was no um, intent by someone else's part necessarily for that to happen. It just happened. Right. Whether it was the weather related or whatever, or a family member that died of early of cancer, or Mm -hmm. I even know some folks that were in significant weather events. Yes. You know, the like the tornadoes that came through Bologna not that long ago and just wiped out homes and neighborhoods and schools and Yeah. So any of those kind of things are what we're talking about when we say the word trauma. Just a significant event. That wasn't yes. necessarily personally attacking, but it nevertheless is very impactful. Or it could be, you know, a personal attack. It yes. could be, you know, sexual abuse or right. seeing parents fight. I mean, that could be a traumatic experience. Being physically abused, you know, yourself as, as a child, that could be another traumatic event. But yeah, so those kinds, the sexual and the, the physical yeah, and even emotional. Absolutely. And all those, you know, we could put under this heading that we've talked about today, which is loss, which is the loss of safety, loss of security, maybe the physical loss yeah. of a parent, maybe the loss of a home. Just, the loss of comfort, being yeah, comforted absolutely. if you were being abused by a parent. 
especially if it was sexual, emotional, yeah. um, or physical. Like you didn't feel like you had that comfort. Yeah, no one was there that in the way that they were of. supposed to be there to help you right. heal from that or whatever that might have looked like. If let's say there's a listener that might have heard this, and I know this show is not counseling itself, that we're just having a conversation and people are getting to listen in with it, really. But if they've some of the words we've just used, if that brings to mind, let's say, an experience that someone listening to this has had personally, and in some way it is keeping them from owning their own life and just moving forward mm-hmm. at, as God has designed them to be, what are what are some things that you would say to that person that might be, knowing that everybody's different, but that might be a part of their healing into adulthood? I would say that whatever age the abuse happened, no matter what the abuse is, whether it's like we talked about, a parent being in a car accident and passing away, or if it were sexual or physical or emotional, I think it's important to go back to that age and nourish and take care of that person as the adult. And I think a lot of times, you know, we've talked earlier about how people get in relationships and they look for that other person to take care of them. But I think that it's important for that individual to go back to their younger self in the time of that trauma, of course, not to, I mean, you can't go back, you know, but to go to that that younger self and talk to them and nourish them, especially if something is surfacing at that point with the adult, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if you're the adult and you were traumatized and you are anxious or um, you get upset and you're angry, it's being able to go back and say, what do you need? You're asking the younger self, what is it that you need at this point? And it's being able to care and nurture yourself as the adult, the younger child, plus you as the adult. So this is obviously, again, like you just said, it's not time travel or, or split personality here, but no. but but you're asking someone or a part of their journey to healing might, might involve recognizing the needs that they had at that time or the different parts of the self recognizing the different parts of self why am i ang- or why do i feel angry yeah. where is where does this come from why do i feel sad why do i feel i can't do whatever it is xyz it's going back to that part because we all have different parts yeah and it's going back to that part and figuring out what's going on so the part of me that's kind of stuck back at that yeah stuck place. in that age yes at that age and with those behaviors yeah. Right. Yeah. The part that's stuck. And and part of this might be just starting with a recognition that I might be acting today, not out of what's happening today, but, but out as of the that part 11, of me that's yes. stuck at 11. Yes. The part of me that's stuck at 11. That's how that's the that's how I'm acting now as the adult. Yeah. And, and so, what does that 11 year old need? It's asking, what do I need at this point? So you're the assumption there I'm, I'm hearing is that. Whatever unmet need there might have been at 11, that mm-hmm. unmet need still feels unmet yes. today. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if I've got to, if I'm going to resolve that, not in one sense, allow my childish self to dictate my adult right. so behaviors. The, so the adult self is going to take over. Yeah. And it's going to go back to the child self and say, okay, what what's going on? What do we need to do to fix this? Yeah. And what are some of the things that you found that people actually do in that moment once they've made that recognition and they're going, okay, yeah, there's a part of me. I can get it, Kitty. There's a part of me that is still 11 and still reacting to the world like I'm abused or I've I've, uh, been neglected or no one cares for me and and I get it. So now that I get it, what do I do with it? Okay, so what you do with it is you work on that part of you every day. You mm-hmm. recognize that behavior. I and mean, if you're acting like this every day, you got to recognize why and you got to work on changing the behavior. 
So it's all a part of like thinking about what's going on and then changing the behavior. So there's some things that there's, so there's some thoughts there that I'm likely stuck with from that place that I've got to evaluate and go, okay, yeah, am, am I really at risk today? Right. Am I in And what danger? can I do? Mm-hmm. How can I change my behavior? What's going on? It's the self-talk. Yeah. So I'm going to re, and that's again, back to Romans 12 that we talked about last time. It's Absolutely. allowing my mind to renew. Mm-hmm. So as my mind is stuck in that. I've got if, to talk myself out of that. Yeah. I've got to get unstuck. I'm going to unstuck. I've got to unstick my thoughts. Yeah, first absolutely. Before I unstick my behaviors. Yeah. Moving forward. It's like when we learned in psychology, it's the, um, I think it's called the cognitive triangle mm-hmm. where there's mm-hmm. the, what the emotions, the thoughts, the behaviors, and it's all connected. Yeah. That's in that moment. Of course, people aren't going to know to connect that, but that's what's happening in that moment. That thought comes up, you know, and maybe it was the thought, you know, of that 11 year old child or the emotion of that 11 year old child. And then that's how you behave. And so it's being able to go back and change that. Yeah. And well, like you said, it can't, I can't go back and change the event. No, the way you respond to the event or whatever the event is in the present moment. Yeah. So there's something top probably happening with me either at work or in my relationships mm-hmm. and it's reminding or what we tend to call in our business triggers. It's, yeah. it's triggering something in the 11 year old self yeah. that's still kind of stuck in those same way of thoughts. Yeah. And, it, and at first it's hard for me to recognize that. I have, I have a hard time going to wait a minute. This is connected to that. No, no, no. You're just being a jerk or I, <laughs> yeah. But if it's happening more than not, mm. then you probably need to evaluate yourself. And it goes back to, Getting to know yourself, self-evaluation. So that's how all this is connected then. If, Absol- I'm, yeah. if I'm not aware of who I am and how God created me to be. I'm not going to know that there's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 This I, is normal stuff. I just, I might conclude that, well, the whole world just doesn't know what they're doing. I'm the only normal person. It's <laughs> right. Everyone else out there yeah. is all messed up. Yeah. And, and it goes back to the example of the spilled milk, mm-hmm. the kid that spills the milk and they get anxious or angry and they were probably criticized throughout their lives. And so they're at, they're an adult and they're at work and the boss says, you know, you need to fix this or go back and change this. And they get upset because the boss is telling them to do something. Oh, why, you know, that's not my fault. Why are they're being criticized? They feel they're being criticized in that moment and it may not be criticism. But then it goes back to the three-year-old that spilled the milk that got in trouble and was criticized and yeah. continues on and on. So it's being able to recognize that. Yeah. So that's the beginning of this journey of renewing your mind is, is partly going back to those parts of my mind that are stuck in mm-hmm. childish behavior, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, this reminds me about what Paul says uh, in one of uh, his letters where he says, you know, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted <laughs> right. like a child, but, but when I grew mm-hmm. up, I, I put, put away, away the childish ways. And, yeah, yeah. I had to put away the childish things and that yeah. that was kind of a conscious effort on right. his part that God was leading him to, which was to say, you know what? I can't still think of things the way I thought of them as a child. Yeah. And not that I'm criticizing my my childhood necessarily but i'm just saying that it's accepting uh, it right yeah not criticizing it in that moment but it's accepting it yeah and then recognizing that i can be different and i can yeah. choose different i can think i can have adult thoughts right and what is the difference between this i want to <laughs> i want to think like i am not as i used Was. to be yeah absolutely well what a great conversation and i hope those that are listening today find it as beneficial as i have to just think through again how God's moving us into adulthood and acting as adults and adulting in today's age, even in the face of some 
challenges that maybe we brought with us in adulthood. So Kitty, thanks for being here with us. And I look forward Thank to our, our last episode in this series. We're going to talk about kind of one of your um, one of your key parts of who you are today, which is motivating others and where motivation comes from and where do we find motivation. So we'll look forward to that conversation. Thank you. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and this is Real Life, Real Care. Well, thank you for listening today to Real Life, Real Care and this four-part series called Adulting with Kitty Robinson of Robinson Counseling. And I'm going to tell you how you can get in touch with Kitty. So if you need a pen, write this down. You can call 501-308-3741. That's 501-308-3751. Or you can go to robinsoncounselingpllc.com and you can connect with Kitty or maybe pass on that information to someone who needs to connect with her. Our goal at Real Life Real Care is to open up conversations like this one on important mental health and relationship topics and to connect the Central Arkansas community to local professionals in the mental health field who practice from a spiritually sensitive perspective. This show is not intended to constitute professional advice, nor is it a substitute for professional care by a doctor, counselor, or family therapist. Guests who appear on Real Life Real Care express their own opinions, and it's just a reality that sometimes we find ourselves dealing with circumstances or conditions that those around us simply don't have the education or experience to know what to do or how to respond. The Care Clinic, along with the JBU Graduate Counseling and MFT program in Little Rock, is meeting these needs by providing expert training and experience to step into this gap and provide spiritually sensitive help when it's needed the most so that people can get back to the life and purpose that God designed them to live. Life isn't always as it should be, and the Care Clinic at Little Rock is here to help. And you can reach us once again by calling 501-219-9245 or go to jbu.edu slash care clinic. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and thank you for listening to Real Life, Real Care.